Liz. Hi, Devin. I guess I'm supposed to do an intro. Hang on. Let me start over before I say hi, Liz. <laughs> no, it was wonderful. <laughs> well, uh, <laughs> everyone who isn't Liz, hi to you as well. You are listening to Ouija Broads. I am Devin. Mm-hmm. And I'm Liz. You know that. <laughs> and Liz, today I want to tell you about, um, I have two stories for you, and they are related because they are both about wolves. <gasps> That's one of the first things I remember knowing about you is that you liked wolves. It was one of the first things I knew about you, too. How how many wolf t-shirts would you estimate we owned between the two of us in middle school and high school? It was definitely in the double digits. Easily. And that was before they were ironically cool. That was Mm -hmm. when they were just like straight up dorky. Mm Mm-hmm. Oh my goodness! I haven't no, bought we one. Were cool. Oh yeah, we were we were something. I had uh, that gray wolf shirt I wore a lot, and then that black shirt that had the big whites tree frog on it. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. I had one with sea turtles. Yes, I remember that one. That blue, not really batik, but it had kind of a model thing going on with it, and it had sea mm-hmm. turtles on it. Mm-hmm. I remember that one. I'm still down with sea turtles, man. They're cool, dude. Cool I wish I could hell. see one. You wish you could see a sea turtle. Yeah, like on the beach doing its thing. Any turtle that you can see is a sea turtle, technically. <laughs> <laughs> I think it would be really cool to watch them lay eggs or watch all the little babies hatch. Yeah. They look oh, like cool. little baby birds. Okay, well. Mm-hmm. Did you know, oh, at the North Carolina um, Museum of Life and Science, the Durham Museum of Life and Science, mm-hmm. they've got those red wolves, those wolves that only live in yeah. like, that area. Yeah. And they had puppies, and the puppies got out and were no. running all over the museum. No. You mean the baby mm-hmm. wolverines got out? <laughs> no. Yeah. Oh, my I imagine goodness. imagine just little red wolf puppies being like, that's lemurs, huh? Okay. Yeah, right? <laughs> I'm learning so much today. <laughs> can the first wolves i want to tell you about well so we don't really know that it's a wolf but that's what i'm pretty sure it is and i'll explain my reasoning here but the first yeah the first wolf-like creature i want to tell you about is in montana is this a cryptid story it is a cryptid story it is it is about the shunko warrikin which according to uh Cryptozoologist Lauren Coleman is the Americanized name of an Iowa tribe's creature called the, I'm going to butcher it, but I'll try it. It's the Shunahaka Warahakawakan, which means carries uh-huh. off dogs. Ooh, but we call it the Shunka Warrikan? We call it the, the Shunka Hunka Burn and Love. Warrigan. <laughs> I was going to say, that's not even the easy one. I'm just going to call a, it the Shunko. Is the Shunko, that okay? Yeah, the Shunko is great. Uh, we call it the Shunko. It's so funny because I give what they also call it later. Well, you'll find out. I have a nickname for another version of it as well. So the Ooh, Shunko. Okay. The Shunko Warrigan, it's said to resemble a wolf kind of hyena crossbred. So it's got that big Ooh. chest and, you know, the sloping back of a hyena. Mm-hmm. Um, it's mostly canine in appearance. There are other tribes in the Americas that have really similar lore. One that I found when I was researching was there's a first person tribe up in northern Canada and they have something called the Warhila, which is a bear okay. dog cross kind of looking thing. But the Shunkawarikin is American Americas, um, and it's supposed to resemble a hyena wolf. Um, 
I can't find a whole lot in terms of first person legends regarding the Shunka Warrican, so I'm just going to are take... You talk, are you saying First Nations? Uh, first Nations or First Persons, yes. Oh, that's what the... Okay, cool. I, yes. I, every time I hear First Person, I, I'm like, oh, okay, instead of like Third Hand Report. Oh my God, you're so right. I didn't even think about how confusing that was. Yes, I mean nope, First I've, Nations. I've got my... My brain is understanding now what you're saying, so nope. you can move forward because I'm caught up. <laughs> All good. Well, either way, I can't find a whole lot of native persons legends surrounding the Shunka Warrican, so I'm assuming that Lauren Coleman, who is a very respected cryptozoologist, knows the fuck he's talking about, and that I'm not doing some, like, white person interpretation of a legend. I'm going to assume that this is a real tribal legend. But we do know that white folks first started encountering what... Lauren Coleman, at least, thinks is the Shunka Warrican in the 1880s in Montana. Mm. Okay. Yeah. The first sighting was in the Madison River Valley in Montana, which is, it's um, lower Montana, so it's down by Enos, down by the Montana border. There was a Mormon family called the Hutchins, and then some other settlers that when they settled there in 1880, they started seeing this weird creature uh, that they thought was similar to a wolf, but said was definitely not a wolf. And there was mm-hmm. actually the grandson of the main Hutchins settler. So the main Hutchins dude is Israel Hutchins. And his contemporary day grandson, Ross, who has a PhD in zoology, hope, or helpfully enough, um, he wrote this book in 1977 that was about what the Hutchins family and the other settlers saw. And he describes the creature as his grandfather described it, which was, uh, one winter morning, my grandfather was aroused by the barking of dogs. (laughs) He was aroused, Liz. (laughs) (laughs) These dogs woke him up. And then he says, he discovered that a wolf-like beast of dark color was chasing my grandmother's geese. Those who got a good look at the beast described it as being nearly black and having high shoulders and a back that sloped downward like a hyena. So again, Ooh. we've got this hyena comparison, right? So they start calling this beast the, um, they call it the Madison Monster. And it's running around okay. the area for a bunch of months, right? It's seen up to 15 miles away from the Hutchins Ranch. It's chasing geese, is a big report. It's mm-hmm. killing livestock, Um, Old Man Hutchins tries a couple of times to kill it and isn't successful until finally, one January morning, he shoots and kills it with a rifle. Oh, okay. So we killed it. After we kill it, I guess we, I'm using that royally, after Hutchins (laughs) kills it, he donates it to a local man who's also a taxidermist named Joseph Sherwood. And this taxidermist dude mounts it and displays it as his combination grocery store and museum in Henry Lake, Idaho. (laughs) Oh, wow. Okay. Is that not the most like Idaho, Montana thing you have ever heard of? A combination grocery store and museum. Yep. No, that's right up there with White Elephant. I texted Godemart the other day. I'm like, I'm going into the most Spokane store because I just took a picture Oh, sorry about my phone going off. I took no, a picture of white elephant and it's like guns, ammo, model trains. <laughs> right? Right? I found out white elephant still has Expo 74 stuff. I found the corner yes. where they keep it. 
isn't that i mean i haven't been in one in for years but i know when Mm -hmm. i was in one as a kid they still had it yep still trucking oh bless you white elephant i don't know this whole like museum slash grocery store reminds me of you know like when you drive through montana which i know you went through on your way back from north Mm. carolina you'll stop by like roadside convenience stores that also have a fish display so it's like a fuck ton of trout in a tank and Uh, yeah that's where we saw the extremely janky um animatronics where it was this guy basically had like this huge gift store but then he also had places where you could like put in a quarter and a gorilla suit that he had stuffed with an armature of some kind would flail at a piano for a while. Dear God, I'm so glad. That was probably the best quarter you ever spent. Oh, yeah. Oh, I love it. I love it. Yeah, like he had a whole Wild West village out there apparently, but I feel like it was like $18 or something for us to get in. And we're kind of like, let's just buy a stuffed jackalope and keep going. Absolutely. (laughs) Yeah, no, that's all I needed as well was a stuffed jackalope. Mm -hmm. Oh, well, so this kind of, you know, roadside attraction thing was obviously still, or it was, it was kicking in the 1880s i'm glad they're they're still going today but it was imagine how much longer it took to get across montana in the 1880s oh my god you go for hours and then you fall asleep and then you wake up and you're like oh hooray the dakota no still montana nope still montana still montana my friend we're not even oh fuck anyway montana well Mm -hmm. he takes this thing from montana to his grocery store museum in henry lake idaho and he, he had this thing on display for years. He had it on display so long, he named it. He named it uh, Ring Docus. I. What? Yeah, Ring Docus. R A N G D O C U S. So, I, what the fuck ever? Maybe he meant. Is that like Bocephus or something? I don't know what Bocephus is. I know what ridiculous I heard it's a weird is. Weird name. Yeah, yeah. Fucking weird name. So I call him Ringo because I don't want to say Ringo okay. because that's stupid. So anyway, I'm on board. So old old Ringo is on display for years, right? And then he disappears in 1980. No, Ringo. Nope, he's gone. And I I can't figure out if he. I think he was just misplaced. You know, not stolen or anything, because everywhere online just says. He disappears, and the folks that own the shop now, or anybody who's looking for the monster to research it, they can't find him. Um, so uh, apparently, though, someone in 1980 went, where the fuck is this, like, wolf pig-looking thing that used to be in this store? Uh, I don't know, so now we can say that it's lost. Anyway. Well, what the hell? Did they just, like, put it in the shed out back and forget about it for a while? And then they went to look and it was gone? Like, it didn't walk off. Or did it? Or did it? It ends up that old man Hutchins' grandson, not the one that wrote the book, but a different one, tracked it down to Idaho's Museum of Natural History in Pocatello. Oh, okay. So somewhere through the years between 1880, when it was stuffed, and 1980, when somebody went, where the fuck is this thing? It's not in this grocery store slash museum like we thought. (laughs) Um, Is it still a grocery store museum? I don't know. I don't know. That's my next episode topic, I guess, is tracking down this grocery store museum. Um, But it, it turned out it was at this different museum in Idaho. And then... In 2007, so the same year it was found, another Idaho museum was opening, and it was, or I'm sorry, a Montana museum was opening, and they gave the mount back to 
the Madison Valley History Museum, which is near Enos, Montana. So they okay. they gave the taxidermied mount to the museum that is closest to where the Madison monster was killed. When is somebody going to science on this thing? People are sciencing on it. Good. Although not the kind of science we want. So what the heck is it, right? I told you that it looks mm-hmm. like a chi- or like a a wolf hyena, hyena yeah. hybrid. You can find pictures. I'll send you a picture of the mount. Dude, it looks like a like a pig. Like the the nose is very snoutish to me, very can hoggish. I, Just google can it, I look right at it right now. Yeah. Madison monster? Yeah. Or Shunka Warren, Warrican. I can't even say that right. Apparently, there's a Wisconsin ice hockey team called the Madison Monsters. Oh, well. <laughs> I'm going to have to Google Shunka Warrican Mushabum. Yeah, you are. Um. Shunka Warrican. There we go. What's that thing? Yeah, right? The crap. Do you see what I'm saying with that kind of snoutish? It looks like it's pooping, Devin. It does look like it's pooping. Yeah, so the way it's taxidermied, since people aren't able to see what we're seeing, is it definitely that slope back puts its hindquarters low enough that it looks kind of like it's pooping. It's got this big barrel chest and this this big barrel body. And I felt like its legs are, I mean, it looks kind of mangy, right? It's got this long mm-hmm. fur on its sides, but then there's almost no fur on its limbs. And I think the head looks kind of hoggish. Um, so when you take all that together, what the heck is it? Well, okay, they haven't done DNA analysis on it, so we don't know. Um, Why? Get on that. Get on that, right? Um, having looked at the photos, I would say that it's a shitty taxidermy job of a wolf. I was going to say, I have seen some bad taxidermy in my day. I know that's one of your passions is bad taxidermy. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, I, I think it's a bad taxidermy job. That's one of the prevailing theories is that it's just a wolf. And the way it was mounted, 1880s taxidermy was not great, as we know. Um, was that it was mounted, maybe intentionally, maybe not, to look a little bit unwolf-like. Um, yeah, or or it was a wolf with bad posture. Yeah, a wolf with bad posture. There, you know, some researchers think that well, perhaps it was a wolf that had some kind of congenital defect that actually did mm-hmm. make it stand like that. Um, so he he was a wolf, but he was kind of funky looking. Uh, and that would also explain why it was not um, hunting with the other wolves, but was yeah. getting really close to humans yeah. and stuff. Yeah. Because it had something off with it. If it, yeah, wasn't, if it had been rejected from a pack or whatever, it would have had to have hunted geese or other barnyard animals. Um, the grandson that wrote that book in the 70s, he speculates that it's possibly a hyena that escaped from a circus. But, That's not a hyena. Uh, yeah, thank you. I understand that he's a PhD holding zoologist. I'm going to agree, disagree with the expert here and say that's not a fucking hyena. Um, I feel like hyena escaped from a circus would be a good theory if you didn't have Ringo. Yeah, if you didn't have Ringo there to look at it and go, no, that's just a weird looking dog. Well, so yeah. other cryptozoologists think, okay, if it's not a wolf and it's not a hyena, um, what else could explain Shunkawarakin lore? Even if it doesn't explain the Madison monster, what accounts for this lore that persists that talks about these large hyena-looking 
wolf-like creatures that would come into villages and steal dogs. Um, yeah. So the thought is, and, and this is kind of a cryptozoologist thing, is that it's an, a, a remnant population of a prehistoric creature. Um, oh, okay. Which in America, things that look like this dude look like are hyenodons, dire wolves. Uh, there's members apparently of a subfamily of Burrahaphagina, which are hyena-like dogs. And there's another animal called the uh, the Chasmoprotethes. Sounding that one out, Chasmoprotethes. Anyway, it's a, a prehistoric hyena. It's the only true American hyena, apparently. Oh, I didn't know we had those. I didn't know we had that either until this. So some cryptozoologist thinks find that there's there's an, a remnant population of one of these prehistoric creatures, and that accounts for. Either the Madison Monster or Shunkawarakin or both of them. Yeah, because I think that's a really good point is you don't necessarily have to explain both these things with one theory. Yeah, exactly. It could be the Shunkawarakin can exist whether or not the Madison Monster is an example of one. Yeah. But we have a more contemporary example of something that, again, cryptozoologist Lauren Coleman thinks could be a Shunkawarakin, and it's from 2005. Oh, okay. In 2005, residents of Macon County, Montana, were losing livestock to what they thought was a really strange-looking possible wolf, uh, but they weren't sure because this animal was wolf-like in appearance. However, it was huge and oddly colored. You know, the wolves that we have up in this area, up in Montana, up in the, the inland northwest, um, and up in the plains are gray wolves. They're timber wolves. And they're usually, yeah. you know, white, black, brown, gray. Well, there was a giant wolf-like creature that was killing livestock, but it had reddish yellow fur. I'm intrigued. In 2006, they kill it, unfortunately. <gasps> um after it had killed over 120 sheep, so Montana wildlife officials kill it, uh, upon examination, it was a 106-pound wolf that was four years old, male, and had very strange reddish-yellow fur. Hmm. Wolves um, in this area usually get to be about 85 pounds. That's a big male wolf is 85 Yeah, you to anticipated pounds. my question there. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it's about German shepherd size. This thing was Great Pyrenees size. And Whoa. it was a color that they have not seen in wolves in this area. So they, it's, it's mysterious in that they, have, they don't know where it came from. Uh, it doesn't look like any of the other animals in this area. I mean, it killed 120... Uh, sheep all by itself in in a year. Um, one of the theories, and this didn't come back in the DNA testing, but one of the theories was that it was a hybrid, that it was a wolf-dog hybrid, mm -hmm, because, mm -hmm. you know, it was, um, as you know, wolf-dogs are usually larger than dogs or wolves and often lack that fear of humans that would keep them away from um, livestock. Okay. So... But this is not a Shunkawarakin. It's, according to researchers, definitely was a wolf. Just a weird, just a weird wolf. wolf. But if you if you think about 
that we have weird wolves that are existing even in present day, then why couldn't that explain Ashunka Warkin? It doesn't yeah. have to be a remnant population of anything. It's just a, a fucking weird ass wolf now. Yeah, I feel like that could just be one of those things where every once in a while a gene flips on. Yeah. And two wolf parents that don't have anything particularly distinctive about them yeah produce this this throwback or this throw sideways yeah throw sideways i like something that. else i like yeah. that i've always thought the idea of dire wolves of a of an existent population of dire wolves still ex- existing i'm just gonna use that same word twice in a sentence um, what what do you mean dire wolves is this a game of thrones thing <laughs> this is a game of thrones thing dire wolves are a prehistoric canid that died out uh it's like nine thousand four hundred years ago um and they oh. they're so if you lived around dire wolves you also lived around saber-toothed tigers okay yeah so smilodons oh. and dire wolves lived together apparently um so huh. i mean so they were 10,000 years ago, they were humans. So, you know, we yeah. would have encountered dire wolves at one point. But the point is, they're supposed to have died out about, you know, 9,000 years ago. But I've always thought it would hmm. be really cool to have some kind of remnant population. That would be cool. You know what I was thinking of when you first started um, laying the story out was maned wolves. Have you ever seen those? Oh, the Asi- they're the Asiatic ones, right? That have probably am I thinking of the right there? Um, tell me what I mean. Uh, no, they're, they're, they're South American, so they're the biggest. Oh my god, my snow is growling. I'm gonna have to eat something before you do your second story. Oh, go for it. It's the largest canine that lives in South America. Um, oh, wow. And Google image search these fuckers. Look at look Doing at maned it. wolves, okay? Because they are weird looking, okay? Um, do you know if they're like. It's the first thing when you start typing in maned on Google, apparently. So that's cool. Oh, they're gorgeous. They look like big fox dogs. Yeah, they're like big fox dogs. They've got really long legs. Yeah. They've got um, sort of black ruffs almost. Yeah. Also, they smell horrible, I can tell you. Do um, they really? Yeah, they smell really bad. But How they kind of that? look like, because they had them at um, some North Carolina Science Center I went to. And like, no you way. can pick them up from yards away uh, no way <laughs> all right yeah but they um they look like something between a fox and a dog and a yeah. wolf and a hyena yeah they do oh wow well see that if you told me that the uh macomb county wolf was a main yeah. wolf i mean this is the color that i think of when they say it's reddish yellow um, yeah this is definitely similar i'm trying to figure out how um how big they get. Oh, they only get up to be 51 pounds. So those are light mm-hmm. little babies. Not that it couldn't yeah. be a hybrid. Exactly. That's weird and interesting, though, that there's like, there's a lot of variation in how that whole species and whatever it's called, you know, yeah. dogs and wolves and all that, how it expresses. Yeah. And yeah, I think I really like the theory that there's just the wolf population around there occasionally, what is it called? A sport. It throws a genetic oh. sport where, um, there's something that it doesn't look like anything else and it's not a monster and it's not a separate species. It's yeah. just, you know, it's, it's like Andre the giant for us. Right. Right. It's just genetics expressing themselves in an unusual way. Yeah. Just a little mutant. Oh, little mutant. 
Well, he sounds beautiful. I'm sorry that he mm-hmm. had to be put down. I mean, I'm, I, I think you and I stand on the same side of the wolf reintroduction to Yellowstone debate and how precious <laughs> and important they are as a species and how I'm super upset that they are allowed to be culled. But at the same time, I also understand that you can't have a really fucking big dog eating mm-hmm. your sheep. I have a really good idea for where we can direct our anger. And okay. it's people that go to Yellowstone and interact with wild animals in such a way oh. that the wild animal hurts them and then the wild animal gets hurt yes. as a result. Yes. Fuck those people. Okay. Mm-hmm. So a couple nights ago, Jason and I were trying to take the trash down the hallway in our building and there was a bat in the hallway and we were ah. torn. We both love bats and we were torn between trying to help it outside and knowing that if it landed on us, we had to call CDC and have it put down mm-hmm. because you have mm. to treat all bats that have human contact as though they have rabies. Yeah. So what did you end up doing? Uh, we dithered about it long enough that when we went back in the hallway, it was gone. That's a, that's the move, <laughs> for sure. It was, it was a win. Jason had yeah. a lot of experience of helping hummingbirds out of the offices oh. in New Mexico. So we figured it was okay. pretty similar, you know, because it's this huh. little thing darting every fucking where. So he yeah. was going to use the same box technique he did with them. But by the time we got a box and went back, it had figured itself out. <laughs> okay, that's good then. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. So I have another wolf story to tell you. I told you about two wolves or two wolf-like creatures we know exist and also kind of the mythology surrounding them. But I want to tell you about some wolves that we know exist that I just learned about thanks to to our buddy Desiree, actually. Hey, Desi. Hey, Desi. I'm so excited. She posted a bored panda article that's circulating, but it actually stems from a 2015 and 2016 set of articles in National Geographic, and they are about the swimming wolves of British Columbia. The what now? The swimming wolves. Swimming, Liz. So you know, of course, wolves are found throughout the Americas, that the best-known wolf in America is the gray wolf, and that it lives Mm -hmm. in forests and prairies in the middle of the state. And that it eats a varied diet that usually includes um, ungulates, which are hooved animals, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. smaller mammals. Okay, well, what's special about this group of wolves along the British Columbia coast, um, they're called coastal wolves or sea wolves. And what's special is that up to 90% of their diet comes directly from the sea and that they swim from island to island uh, to get around. Devin, is this a Pacific tree octopus thing? Are you bullshitting it's me? It's not. I'm not bullshitting you. It's perfect because <laughs> it's it's wolves and it's mermaids, and I don't know how life gets better. That's pretty good. They're real. Uh, there's a group of researchers, I guess, that have been following them for about 10 years now, and they were using... Uh, scat they were collecting that to try to figure out like okay well we see that there are a bunch of wolves running up and down the beach here in british Mm -hmm. columbia beach wolves beach wolves we assume that they're eating some fish um but what researchers thought was that it was a um you know packs of wolves that were moving from inland to sea and then from sea back to inland just kind of following uh where the the prey was and what they found out is that they were totally fucking wrong and that this is a group of wolves, 
that lives specifically on the coast. They don't travel inland, despite most wolves having hundreds of kilometers be make up their, their territory. These mm-hmm. wolves just stick to the coast and the islands. They get most of their diet from the sea. Like I said, 90%. So some of these wolves have never eaten a deer. They've never seen a deer because they, they don't eat- travel far enough inland. They eat and catch fish? They eat and catch fish. So during salmon spawning season, up to 25% of their diet will be salmon. Whoa. That's huge. But the rest of the time, they are eating whale carcasses. They are eating, um, they're, you know, they're, they're getting other fish. They're eating barnacles. They're, they've, Ew, okay. They've got specialized, um, they found that their teeth are, uh, I think they said longer and denser. Um, so that they can scrape these barnacles. Um, they'll eat fish roe that gets washed up with kelp. And also, they've observed these wolves swimming out to rocky outcroppings and hunting seals. Holy crap. These are badass animals. Imagine if you were that seal. You're like, okay, watching out, watching out for the orcas. For the orcas. Got my eye out. Oh, what the fuck? <laughs> He's just like, well, I don't see any black and white. I guess I'm doing okay. Holy shit. God damn it. Oh. The more you say, the more I just, I believe this story less and less. Down. Oh, they have special teeth for eating barnacles. They have special teeth. I promise. It's so cool, right? They're, um, they've even found out that there's two main populations of uh, coastal wolves or sea wolves. They've got one that's the mainland coastal wolves and one that's the coastal island wolves. And through DNA testing that was done in 2014, they've discovered that the coastal island wolves have bred specifically with other coastal island wolves enough that their DNA sets them apart from mainland wolves. What the crap? Isn't that amazing? They've got their own breeding population now that's genetically different enough that you can tell that they're separate from mainland wolves. And you never see this, apparently, in wolves when you're talking about uh, genetic drift and trying to figure out population differentiation. You're saying, Uh okay, well, the wolves in Canada are genetically a little bit different from the wolves in Mississippi. Well, I guess that's sure. stupid because those are red wolves versus gray wolves. So we'll say that the wolves in Canada are different from the wolves in Yellowstone. Okay. Um, because they're they're talking about hundreds of kilometers. No, they're finding that the wolves that are a little bit inland in British Columbia are different from the wolves that are on the coast because they've kept their own breeding lines separate. Because they're like, look at that dumb wolf. That wolf can't even hang out on yeah. islands. Look at that chump. He's just, he's hes not walking down the beach. He doesn't know what kelp is. What an idiot. Total oh turd God. of a wolf. Uh, because their diet is different, it's actually changed their size. They don't, they don't have these mega fauna that they're eating like elk and caribou. Mm-hmm. They're eating fish. So they're actually a lot smaller than normal wolves. Oh. Um, gray wolves are about 20% bigger than the coastal wolves we're finding. Yeah, that's amazing. Liz, they can swim for miles in the open ocean. Do you remember when I almost died doing a quarter mile in a lake? Well, in fairness, people were hitting you. Thank you. They were kicking me. They were hitting me. I was super cold. Yeah. And also, I'm not a wolf. 
So yeah. Also, you're not a wolf. No. That's a, that's that we know of. Um, right, that's yeah. the thing that I think if you're used to like. That that was the thing when we were training for the triathlon that it took me a while to get my brain around yeah. is, you know, you kind of picture how long distances are terrestrially. Yeah. And so when somebody's like, oh, swim a mile or whatever, you're yeah. like, okay, no, that's really far in swim terms. <laughs> God damn, dude, it was really far. I remember going out to that lake where mm-hmm. the Wonder Woman was going to be held and you and Selena estimated a buoy and you swam out to it and swam back. You know, to give yourself some open water swimming. And I didn't go with you because I was like, yeah, whatever. I know what a quarter mile is. I've done it in a pool. Um, and, you know, what I didn't tell you at the time was I was terrified of open water. Oh, um, we knew. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. I guess <laughs> I wasn't hiding that very well, was I? Um, so I figured I might as well just, you know, do it on the day so I didn't talk myself out of it doing the yeah. trial. And I'm probably... I see the logic there. Yeah, right? Probably good thing I didn't... I don't know. Maybe it would have helped me not panic if I'd already done the open swim, I think I would have panicked regardless. That was yeah, shitty. I don't know. On the day itself, like the the actual course didn't go out as far as the buoy. So that gave me some Thank confidence God. that I'm like, oh, I've already gone that distance and more. Yeah. 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 It was nice that they made it in a big like triangle mm-hmm. thing so that you only went out, turned a corner and then got to come back. Yeah. Well, Wolves are way the fuck better at swimming than I am because the coastal island wolves can have been observed swimming up to eight miles in open o- ocean. I'm just picturing being like on a kayak and you oh. just hear splashing and you look over and you're like, what is that dog doing? Yeah, right. Oh, my God. He's, he's, <laughs> he's doing the dog paddle, Liz. Yep. <laughs> oh, man. It's not at all something. I mean, I knew that wolves could ford rivers. You know, yeah. I, obviously they're a canine. They can swim if they want to. Um, but to think about seeing one out in the open ocean swimming, yeah, mm-hmm. wouldn't that just make you go like, all right, I guess I drank too much. Yeah, you would totally do a classic Looney Tunes, like blink, yep. blink, rub your eyes and then look at the bottle you're holding yep. that has then, three X's on it. Three X's and you would pour it out. You know, your big mm-hmm. red nose would be there. <laughs> Shoot, dude. Oh my god. That's just, amazing. I've amazing. never heard of this. Yeah, Marine amazing. wolves. Marine wolves. Um, coastal wolves. So if you Google it, it'll be uh, there's two different National Geographic articles that should come up first. And they have they have just some amazing photos too of these guys swimming. That's so cool. Yeah. How I wonder what it's like trying to teach the little pups how to swim. I wonder about that too. That's gotta be that adorable, is cute. right? Yeah. Gotta be adorable. Um, well, apparently these kind of like intertidal zone living wolves exist all the way from Alaska. And then they used to exist all the way down to California. Um, there's evidence that wolves used to exist, uh, coastal wolves used to exist in Washington, um, in the, the San Juan Islands, in the Puget Sound. Of course, mm-hmm. we hunted them to extinction when white folks moved over here. Mm-hmm. So they don't exist there anymore. But presently, they do live everywhere from vancouver island up the coast into alaska my god okay yeah what the crap right right how cool dude (laughs) that's amazing yeah so that's a much happier story to end on i think than these poor little beasties that got put down for eating sheep these are (sighs) these are some fat happy tiny wolves that are catching fish I bet they're so glossy, too, with all that fish oil in their diets. Don't you think? They'd look like little otters. Mm -hmm. Wow. That's an amazing story. There you go. I think that we should go um, find them. 
Yeah. Mm. Pet them. I don't think you're supposed to do that. I'm going to... I'm going to pretend like I didn't say it because I know my buddy Ranger Kate listens and she'd be appalled that I want to <laughs> molest the wildlife, but I want to. Well, I'm kind of 50-50 on the beachcombing right now because on the one hand, wolves. Yeah. But on the, and on the one hand, beeswax, but on the other hand, feet. You got to bring up Devin, feet. Devin, maybe that's <laughs> why. Maybe. <laughs> listen, no, listen, listen, I'm here. Maybe that's why there's so many feet is because the wolves aren't there eating them anymore. Oh, God. Baby, there's no more wolves on the Salish Sea eating the feet. Oh, God. It's, it's, it's completely plausible because I have a dachshund and he'd eat a foot. Mm-hmm. He'd eat fucking anything he found on the beach. Oh, God. That must he be is it. a wolf in his soul, though. No, he's an asshole in his soul, but <laughs> probably also a wolf. <laughs> He's laying next to me as I record this, studiously ignoring me. <laughs> You're paying attention to something that's not him. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm talking Aww. about wolves. I'm talking about his older, more cunning, devious brothers. <laughs> oh. There you go, that's Liz. Awesome. Wolves I are love amazing. That. Wolves are so cool. Let's get some wolf t shirts. Let's get some wolf t shirts. I'm totally ready to throw back. Mm-hmm. I'm going to rock it. Yeah, we are. So good. Yeah, we are. Mm. all right all right buddy well i guess it's time in the episode for me to tell people what they're supposed to do huh yeah marching orders marching orders folks we would absolutely love it if you would follow us on itunes on podbean um you can rate review and subscribe to us on itunes you can also rate us or review us or both us on Facebook <laughs> or on Instagram or Twitter. My words are getting away from me. We have a website as well. Everything is the Ouija Broads. Pretty mm-hmm. easy to find. Um, and in the meantime, we hope that you live weird. Die weird. And stay weird. Oh, wolves. Oh, wolves. Man. So cool. Yeah. Yeah. Oh.